Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Today's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, guide us by your word and by your Holy Spirit so that in your light we may begin to see more clearly in your truth that we might find freedom and in your will experience peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It's really good to be back home at Centenary. I feel so honored to be able to come here today and offer a message to this community. You all as a church have supported me so much through my childhood, my youth years, my time in college, and my most recent time in education and seminary as I have been preparing for ministry. Not only have you supported me in my education, but you've also given me opportunities for hands-on learning. Five years ago, I worked with the youth ministry with Tammy and Tyler and the West of the youth ministry staff as a summer intern, all the way to this past summer working with Reverend Kinkin and the rest of the staff here at Centenary as a ministry intern. You all have really helped me to grow, and I can't thank you enough for all of your encouragement and support. I wish that I could see you each face to face, but as I stand here, I imagine you all in the pews before me, 
and I feel really blessed. Thank you so much for all that you have done, and thank you for having me here today. There's been a little bit of a theme going on in my life recently, and I have a feeling that you all can probably resonate with it. It's a little something called uncertainty. My life has been full of uncertainty recently, even beyond issues related to the coronavirus. It's also been a time of uncertainty for our community, for our church local, our church universal, and our world as a whole. And while uncertainty can provide some opportunities for creativity and imagination, it can also be just a little scary. And if you like to plan things out like I do, it's definitely not preferred. So I've been thinking a lot about uncertainty these days, and I believe the passage I just read from 1 Corinthians can really speak to us in this moment. In the scripture, we find Paul addressing his recently established church in Corinth. And as the context of this letter reveals, Paul reaches out to them because he's discovered that the Corinthians are valuing certain spiritual gifts that build up the self more than spiritual gifts that help and edify other people. In the community, there's been an overemphasis on one of the spiritual gifts, which is speaking in tongues. And this overemphasis has disrupted the community's ability to treat one another with fairness. Paul argues in this first chapter of, in this chapter of 1 Corinthians that each of us have been given unique spiritual gifts. And after listing off a sampling of those gifts like faith and healing and wisdom, he goes on to argue that all of these gifts are given by the same spirit for the common good. In a pretty famous line, Paul says, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all baptized in one spirit, and our diversities don't need to divide us. Paul says that when our diversities are valued, they can be used to unite us with one another. Now, if we kept reading past these verses that I just read this morning, we would find that Paul continues in the argument. And he constructs this hypothetical conversation where various parts of the body, such as a hand, an eye, and a foot, they start to dialogue and speak to one another. And they question their own belonging in the body due to their differences. So for instance, in verses 15 through 17, the text says, If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body either. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? It's through the striking, and I find it an almost comical conversation, that Paul illuminates that while each part of the body has a unique function, their differences don't make them into lesser parts. I believe Paul is trying to say that we can't all try to be like one part of the body because we each have specific and unique gifts and purposes. The different parts of the body don't try to be like other parts. They live into their calling by being who they already are. 
and their differences actually make them who they are. My favorite theologian, Howard Thurman, has this famous quote where he says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I love this message from Thurman, and I think it's so true. God has called each of us to do what makes us come alive. As we learn how to be who we already are as God's children. We also get this message from Paul as he urges the Corinthians to value all gifts in their community and to let all people come alive as they are. But today, this is where we need to push the message a little bit further. I've been watching our world and it is clear to me that not everyone has the chance to do what makes them come alive. In reality, there are many barriers and obstacles and illusions that prevent us from flourishing. Some people never get the opportunity to discover their true calling. Others may know their calling but are torn down, discouraged, and never supported. And we need to ask if we really are one and united, can we really come alive if our neighbors cannot? Can we really feel safe and loved and free if those around us don't feel or are not safe or loved or free? We can't talk about unity without speaking for a moment about equity. I believe that on the surface level, we could choose to read this passage from Paul as a comfortable ideal, where our differences don't matter as long as we come together in Jesus Christ. We could simply determine that our differences are besides the point, for in Christ, we are all one and the same. This can be a soothing and attractive message for many of us, myself included. But as I reflected watched our world, and in our preparation for this sermon, I've begun to see that Paul's message to the Corinthians pushes past this comfortable ideal of unity and towards the hard work of equity. In the passage, we see that Paul acknowledges the fact that some members of the body, just like some people in their society, have been treated with less honor and respect, resulting in this sort of hierarchy of worth the people in Corinth believe that some people, just like some body parts, are more needed than others. Reading this and reflecting on it, I can't help but compare this to our current situation. It seems to me that sometimes we are similar to the Corinthians. All too often, we value certain members more than others. People in our world today are not treated with equity. And this coronavirus has brought this fact to a very unpleasant light. Yes, we are all impacted by the real presence and effects of COVID. And I believe that we can unite around that fact. But we are not all in the same situation. Some people are dying more rapidly due to their race, economic status, 
and social location. Some people have been forced to go back to work out of necessity, while others can choose to stay home and stay safe. Some people have access to their basic needs, while others are stuck in food deserts or can't obtain the health care they need. The truth is, some of us benefit from unjust systems, while others are threatened, harmed, or even killed for simply existing. The headlines this week have once again made this very clear with yet another brutal murder of a black man named George Floyd by a white police officer. And regardless of our opinions around all the protests that have erupted, we must recognize that they are a consequence of inhumane racial profiling and violence between white people and people who are not white. And these are not new problems. These instances point to larger issues such as systemic racism, intense competition, white supremacy, and individualism, all of which are their own type of vicious diseases that have been plaguing our world for far too long. Far too long. I know it's not an easy message. And I approach this subject with humility for my own mistakes and lack of action. But I've been praying and praying. And I believe in this moment, God is urging us to take a look at our surroundings, to see how we are complicit in these issues, to sit with our feelings, and to do something different. Amid all the uncertainty, I think one thing this pandemic has made, perhaps excruciatingly clear, is that we as a people and as a world are intimately connected. Using Paul's body metaphor, if the eye is affected, the whole experience of the body is affected. The truth is all parts of the body are connected and impact one another. And that's whether for good or bad. Similarly, our lives affect each other. And I think all of us in this season have recognized that we are dependent on people that we perhaps have never even seen or acknowledged before. My point is, is that unity is so important. But unity cannot be used as an excuse or cover-up for the hard and necessary work of equity and justice. Unity is a reminder that we are all connected and with connection comes great responsibility for each other. Our actions are never isolated events. They matter and they impact the world. If we decide to emphasize unity over diversity, we can all too easily ignore hard subjects and conversations that force us to look at why we are treated differently in the first place. And if we refuse to face how our differences affect our day-to-day -day lives, we will never move forward together. Today is Pentecost. 
a day in the Christian calendar that comes 40 days after Easter that marks and celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit. Often on Pentecost, we read from the book of Acts at chapter 2, which describes when the Holy Spirit appears as this violent rushing wind and empowers the church and community for its mission. In the Old Testament, we read that the Spirit is most often translated from the Hebrew word ruach, meaning breath. And in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma, meaning wind. And in both cases, the Holy Spirit is this kind of power and energy and life force. One of my Bible dictionaries describes the Holy Spirit in this way. The mysterious power or presence of God that operates within individuals and communities, inspiring or empowering them with qualities they would not otherwise possess. I'm going to read that one more time. The Holy Spirit is the mysterious power or presence of God that operates within individuals and communities, inspiring or empowering them with qualities they would not otherwise possess. This is good news for us today on Pentecost. In one spirit, God has and is equipping us with the strength we need to change the world. We are not alone. Centenary and so many other churches, communities, individuals, organizations, are doing incredible work in this world. I loved hearing one of Reverend Kinkin's video updates just a few short weeks ago that highlighted so many of the wonderful and helpful services and ministries our church is continuing to do in this time. From distributing masks to those in the community, to continuing to feed those in need through the loaves and fishes ministry, to the mental health awareness and support activities Centenary is involved in, to just checking up on one another. I believe you all are doing some of the hard work of caring for each other. And we need to keep it up. And we need to do more. Those of us who are white need to be brave enough to see and educate ourselves about our own privileged histories and internalized biases. We need to use our power and positions to stand up and speak out. We need to mourn the lives of those that have been lost and hold with compassion the pain of black voices. We need to envision how we will change moving forward. But even this is not enough. We need to take a step towards action through whatever means we can. We need to inform ourselves of the history of slavery, Jim Crow laws, and the current crisis of mass incarceration among black people. We need to get uncomfortable. We need to sit down and seriously plan out when we will have more long-term conversations about the threads of oppression around us and within us. We can't fix the harm that has already been done, but we can choose to do different. Equity and justice is not something that just happens overnight. 
we need to participate in a long-term commitment. Justice should be a priority of all of our lives, not just when tragedy strikes. When the fires have stopped and the media no longer covers these stories, we need to continue to decide what we will do, what we will stand for, and what we will stand against. Jesus was a poor, marginalized Jew. As followers of Christ, every time we decide to look the other way, to ignore injustice, or refuse to face our own cooperation and harm, then we are just as guilty as those who stood at the foot of the cross of Jesus yelling, crucify him. There is still a lot of things that remain uncertain. And I join you in those real anxieties and feelings of grief and pain. But today I am reminded that the Holy Spirit has baptized us, has bestowed us with unique gifts, and is empowering us with the strength we need to do things we never knew was possible. It's not going to be easy. And I still think there are some pretty tough days ahead of us. But if there is one thing that I have learned in my time of seminary, it's that stuff with God is never easy. Let's decide to do the hard work with God and with one another. As Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the One and Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.